Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. My name is Steph and I am joined, as always, by Nikki. Hello. How's it going? All good. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've recorded. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. But uh, we're here now. That's what it matters, fashionably late as always. I was going to say, I think if you've listened to this podcast for some time, or any amount of time, you'll know that organisation and releasing things when we are supposed to release is not our strong suit. We just release when we feel like it. We like to just surprise everyone and be like, hey, look, the episode, surprise. Keeping everybody on their toes. <laughs> I mean, we discussed the other day, didn't we, that we've been going for like nearly five years or something. Yeah, it's been a long time. That's five long years of arriving late, not on time. Yeah. It's probably only been about two years worth of things. Yeah, probably. I mean, most people release weekly. We released two weekly for some time, and I was really proud of us for that. We did um, well. It all went to shit at one point, and now we just record and release whenever we want. But, you know, we were consistent once upon a time, and I think we can look back longingly at those days and just remember. I blame the lockdowns, COVID. Yes, Let's I just blame, blame that. that. Yeah, I blame that on many things in life. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just going to continue to use it as a good excuse. Even to the day where I'm like 80 years old and I'm sat on a rocking chair and I spill my tea or my biscuit falls in it. You know, it's still yeah. going to be COVID's fault. Yeah, 100%. 100%. They're going to be like, Grandma, COVID has That was like long gone. 70 years ago, Grandma. Yeah. Wait, that would, that, would, that would probably mean that you were... I'd made it like to a hundred. <laughs> Over a hundred. I'll take it. You never know. You never know. We could live until we're 150. You never know what science is going to bring us. This is true. We could be recording Game Till 5 when we're 120. Well, won't that be fun, listeners? We'll probably only be recording once a decade at we'll that point. We'll probably just be like, every five seconds, what? <laughs> Say that again? Ha! <laughs> And then I'll probably just keep repeating the same thing over and over again. I um. like tuxedos. <laughs> I um. remember what. Yeah. Um. Hello, everyone. We're here, and if you haven't been here before, and you just listened to all of that, we are actually a top five video game podcast. Yeah. We discuss top fives. Yeah, we'll pick random video game topics. Me and Nikki won't discuss what our top five lists are each before the episode which means that sometimes we can get crossovers and this happens oh that is yeah. beetle beetle yeah. is the sound of crossover um but today's episode i think is going to be an interesting one of course you do because it's a uh, top five video game aliens yeah i think you're going to be surprised by my list i mean i i would be surprised if they weren't all your alien boyfriends yeah <laughs> For context, we've always had a running joke, true or not, that Steph loves aliens yeah. too much. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's As we all know, me and Nikki love Mass Effect. Yes. And the romance option is in there, as we've discussed many times, is basically human or alien. Nikki will always pick the yeah. human and I will always pick the alien. Yeah. No matter how weird and graphic it gets. There's not much I can rely on in life. But I do know that when there is an alien in a video game and you can romance characters, Steph will pick that alien. What a thing to be sure of. I know. We need more stability. Yeah, that's true. But yes, 
top five video game aliens characters yeah. obviously specifically yeah not um, species no not species definitely not species we uh we we did try and record this episode in uh in in the past this is why it's taken us a little bit longer because we turned up to the episode with the wrong <laughs> with two different lists <laughs> two different topics steph is like right i'm ready to talk about alien species and i'm like right i'm ready to talk about alien characters and we were like shit None well, of these work. <laughs> we we couldn't figure out a way to make it work. So we were like, well, see you, see you next time. Yeah. Um, but we're here to talk about alien characters, which is a cool one. I love a character top five. It's super fun. Uh, I just love talking about just general characters. But actually, this was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. And I always think, I think it's going to be a really good and easy one. And then, and then I start doing the list. And it never proves as easy as I as I thought it would be. No, it's a tough one. But hey ho, we're we'll here. We'll figure it out. We've we're got here. the list. We're going to do it. Let's um, uh, get in our spaceship and get moving to the stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell! Quite the intro that one. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey! Let's go! Right. I believe I'm going first. I do believe you are correct. Alright then. So I am going to kick off this top five alien characters list. With a game I'm not sure you've played, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Captain Olimar from Pikmin. I haven't played Pikmin, no. No, oh, okay. So Pikmin was first released in 2001 on the GameCube. Um, I did not play this on the GameCube, I will say that. Um, I played it on an emulator years and years after. But Illegal. I had a lovely time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Please sue me. I really shouldn't admit to things like that when I work in the... <laughs> <laughs> you, you probably shouldn't i mean i've done it loads of times um but yeah i don't actually work in the industry so i'm I'm good but look if i had a gamecube i would play it on the gamecube it's all right i'm sure nobody from from anywhere listens to this anyway yeah that's fair right so captain olimar he's the star he's the main protagonist of pikmin to describe him he's a very small man and he's in a little spacesuit. he's probably like the most quintessential like spaceman looking adorable character that I think you could conjure up. Oh, he's he's pretty cute. He's got a big schnoz. Yeah, he does have a big schnoz. Yeah. And he crash lands his little ship on a planet named like it's just PNF 404, which I'm sure has meaning, but I don't know about it. Um but he soon discovers that although the planet's atmosphere is toxic to him, he actually can make some friends there. Um and his friends are the tiny little Pikmin aliens. Um, I was going to choose the actual Pikmins themselves, but there's not a character. So I went with Captain Olimar. Um, and I, to be fair, I think he's got more going for him. Like the Pikmin, they're a bit like lemmings. They don't really do a whole bunch. They just kind of, you just order them around and you just get them to repair his ship. He has 30 days to repair his ship before his spacesuit can no longer protect him from the harmless, the harmful, sorry, atmosphere. And yeah, he just, he wanders around. He's from, I say alien, he looks kind of humanoid, um, but he's actually from the planet, it's called like Hocotate, Hocotate, 
Hokkaido. Yeah. Um, and he flies for the Hokkaido freaking company. There's not really much that you learn. Like, there's some other little bits and bobs that you learn. He has a family, a wife and child. He is a oh, good. working family man, this man. Um, <laughs> I just quite enjoyed it. I really enjoy the game. It's very cute. And I've never really found an excuse to talk about Pikmin very much. Um, and so I thought this would be a good little one. Because he's a yeah. cute little alien. And I think people know him if you don't play Pikmin. You know him from Nintendo's general, you know, area. And you can play as him in Smash Bros and things. If you've ever played any of that, he pops in. He's uh, He was created by Shigeru Miyamoto, the main man. And that's kind of all I have about him. I've got a little bit of trivia, but... Oh my God, sorry. I just need to butt in here. And I was just, I just was looking at him on Google. And apparently his height is 19 millimetres. Oh yeah, he's small. Does that mean that everything in Pikmin is small then? Yeah, it's tiny. So when you're playing Pikmin, it's like... It's kind of a bit like a borrower. So the grass... Right. And all the right. flowers and stuff. That makes sense then. I was going to say, that's just quite impractical to be 19 millimetres tall. <laughs> if you're like trying to do stuff and live your life and you're just yeah. like, I'm stuck in the I grass don't know. or yeah. can't go upstairs. <laughs> the stairs, climbing the stairs would be like Mount Everest Yeah. to small Captain Olimar. Sorry, do continue. I just had to butt in there. I'm just, no, but you put me on a tangent and I'm trying to think if there's anything close by that I can see that's about 19 millimeters tall or wait 0.75 inches mm. so just below one inch god yeah. that's small that is small small man i've got a lego minifigure i think he's about the same size as that yeah you can crush him like a bug you could but you wouldn't because he's adorable um yeah put him in sure. your pocket carry him around um <laughs> the trivia that i have other than nikki's amazing fact that he is just under a, a centimeter no Inch. inch inch tall i was gonna say under a centimeter is too tiny <laughs> it's one thing to be under an that's inch. that's one step thing. too far yeah we're not we're not having that one um is the i'd crush him if he was that small i would <laughs> yeah just out of principle you can't survive anything just put him out of his misery yeah you're too small for this world yeah <laughs> the ship that he crashes is named the ss dolphin which is in reference to the gamecube's developmental code name which i thought was quite cool um, and also, in the title screen of uh, of the game, hidden in the top left area, is the name Toyota, which is like written vertically. Um, and this is because Tokihiko Toyota was the designer in charge of the interface. So he snuck, snuck his name in there. Yeah. And this has given me an idea that I now need to try and get my name hidden in things. Do it. Yeah. And my name too. Yeah, okay. Done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's all my that's all my facts I have about Pikmin and so, Captain Olimar. Before you finish up, mm. um, what Pikmin did you say you played? I played the first one, the oh. one on GameCube. Well, there's a new one coming out. Yeah, Pikmin, Pikmin 4. 4. Um, looks good. I was just looking at it and I just wanted to talk about a creature that I see when I type in uh, Pikmin 4 on Google Images. And it's like this weird fucking... Uh, um, I can send it to you. Yeah, I And I'm just this. weirdly obsessed with it. It's like a, It's like a stupid looking thing with legs and big eyes with legs you mean and, the one uh, with the tongue hanging out no oh yeah that thing this one oh, i'm trying to remember that appears on the cover art of the first one he's in the first is that one. an enemy <laughs> like, what is that he's like oh, i can't remember what he is it's been so long he's not an enemy as far as i know but you do get him to move 
stuff. I can't honestly. It was a little right. while ago that I played this. Well, it's it's funny. I appreciate it. Maybe I'll actually one day play Pitman because it actually looks like really cute. And that dog is really sweet, but there is nothing behind those eyes. There no, nothing. He's, <laughs> he's he does not look like he's there. None it's of the Pikmin, <laughs> none of the Pikmin look like they've got a lot going on. No, that's actually <laughs> true. They all just look like they're just, they're not there. No one in this game is there apart from maybe that alien guy that you've picked. But Well, um... that's kind of what I was saying, right? They're all kind of a little bit just like, just kind of like walking around, like mindlessly doing the things that you, that you ask him to. So I worry for the welfare um, of these things. Yeah. Oh, his name, the big thing is named a Bulborb. Bulborb, that's a good name. A Bulborb. Appreciate um, that. He's he's an enemy. He is an enemy. I do remember you have to... Yeah, I remember now. You run around from him. Um, you've got to try and do stuff with the Pikmin. Holy shit. I just, I just Googled, like, Captain Olimar again, and it says here, Did Olimar eat Pikmin? Oh, God. What have we stumbled across? Well, I guess he needed to survive for 30 days. What's he living on? This must, that mustn't be quite right. I don't know what's part of the internet I've stumbled onto, but that doesn't sound like the happy game that you have described. So maybe I just need to X out of that <laughs> and uh, never think about that again. Uh, yeah, I feel like I played this game blissfully just like, look at all these adorable things happening. I don't think I read too much into it. Now, I think there was darkness. <laughs> Anyway, sorry to ruin your number five. Uh, no, that's fine. He's my number five because, you know, he's my number five. So that's fine. You can ruin him all you want. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. Captain Omar. Nice. Nice. All right. One thing that I want to discuss, actually, before we go any further, is mm. uh, is what we define as an alien. Because this is a really interesting topic. Because, uh-huh. because technically an alien is, or an you know, extraterrestrial, Mm-hmm. is anything that is not native to the planet that it is on. I mean, that's fair. I'm I'm willing to accept that. I think quite a few of my aliens are just like, technically for us, they're aliens because they don't live on our planet. Yes. Yeah. They come from I would, a planet. I agree. But I just I just wanted to say that like it is a weird kind of topic as, as what one defines as an alien because it is a bizarre thing. Because if you think about it, if an alien is on their planet, their own planet. They are not an alien to themselves. This aliens are us. But yeah, so technically you can have... A, I mean, a lot of things can be aliens in, in that in that way. This is reminding me of the Sting song, alien, Englishman in New York, where he sings about... Illegal alien. Yeah. 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 I don't remember the context of that song, to be I, fair. I but it's a bop. That. It's a bop. <laughs> I just remember that chorus. Um, good times. Hmm. Anyway, I, I didn't really have anything else to say or, or that wasn't following on to my number five. I just wanted oh, okay. to say, like, you know, the the context of what an alien is, is uh, it could be many things, but... Something to think about. My number five is definitely an alien. Um, my number five is Earl from Toe Jam and Earl. Nice. I have yes. Toe Jam and Earl in my honourable mention, so I'm glad nice. they got a mention. Sweet. I didn't pick the, the, the two of them, though. I'm mm. singling out Earl. You you just picked Earl. I, I just picked Earl. Is Earl... Earl the orange is, you, one. Yes. Okay, good choice. Yes. So, um, as I mentioned, there is a second alien here, and that is Toe Jam, and they are both from the game Toe Jam and Earl, which is an action game developed by Johnson Vorsanger Productions and published by Sega for the Mega Drive, or Sega Genesis, in 1981. And I played it as a kid. 
I adore this game. I think I've spoken about Toe Jaminelle many times before. It was one of the first games I played as a kid. And yeah, they basically land on, um, they actually land on Earth and they are alien rappers. It was an incredibly 90s game. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a 90s vibe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, Toe Jam had, like, a gold chain around his neck and a backwards cap, and, and Earl had, like, those kind of, like, visor sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Super 90s. But, yeah, they, they crash land on Earth and they attempt to escape the planet, and uh, you assume the role of either character, and you collect, like, wrecked spacecraft bits. And I was always Earl, and I, I think it's because Toe Jam was always seen as, like, player one. Player two was always kind of Earl, and... I was just, uh, because of, I don't know, I was like the youngest in my, with my siblings. So I just always was Earl. I don't think I was ever Toe Jam. And that wasn't necessarily because I didn't want to be. It was just, I don't know. Toe Jam always seemed like the cool one. I didn't want to be the cool one. Mm. I wanted to be Earl. I thought Earl's not cool, but. Yeah, Earl's the quiet cool one, you know? He's, yeah. He, he's not an obvious cool. No. There's just something, I just think he's just not as appreciated as he should be. So that's why I was like, mm. I'm specifically picking Earl. The game itself, there does a lot of references um, and parodies, 1980s and sort of 90s culture. Um, it's very funky. It's got like a big funky soundtrack. And I, I, I like that. And Earl is a funky guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a very funky guy. But the funny thing is, as well about Earl, which is why I love him, is in the game's opening sequence, Toe Jam explains that Earl's erratic piloting abilities have resulted in the crash landing. Um, so Earl is basically blamed mm-hmm. for everything. And I just like, uh, it's very relatable for me. <laughs> because <laughs> maybe he's, I'm I'm not the worst driver, maybe I'm not the best driver. And I feel like it's just something that, that you know, it's just relatable. Poor Earl. He's a shit driver. Yeah. But he's a good guy. He's, yeah, he doesn't mean to do these things. He also is food obsessed. Basically, I'm Earl. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I picked him. He's me. <laughs> is this why you picked him? Is this literally yeah. it? Because it's like, this is me in a character form. If you were ever going to pick you in in a video game character, you'd pick Pretty Earl. Much. Yeah. I'm Earl, yes. I mean, the thing is, Earl loves food. He crashed the, the, the ship and got blamed for it. And he's kind of, you know, he's just trying his best, though. At the end of the day, he's just yeah. trying his very best. Um, no, he's just cool. I don't know. I just like an underdog. And I feel like Earl is just kind of one of those guys. And, and Toe Jam's just, I just think Toe Jam's just too up himself sometimes. Yeah. And in the manual, actually, I, I was reading, like, experts from, like, the old school video game manual. The paper manual. And, uh, because I miss them. Yeah. I miss a paper man. And it would sort of describe each of the characters and and, and Earl and and Toe Jam. And Toe Jam was always just seen as like this really cool guy. But Earl's, I don't know. I just just quite liked it. So I'll I'll read a bit of it. Um, So Big Earl, or Big E, uh, never gives a moment's thought to how cool he is. He is simply Big E and he doesn't sweat the small stuff. In fact, he doesn't sweat nothing. He just takes it as it comes at his own laid back pace. In his cool, good-natured way, Big E manages to enjoy just about everything. He's never had a bad thought about anybody in his whole Earl life. Which I was like, man. What a cool cat. Exactly. And uh, then the second bit goes, uh, Earl seems innocent, but like Letitia, he's been around the block. Which, that back then might have meant something else. But now if someone was to say, oh, you've been around the block, (laughs) I would be thinking something else a bit. Would you? I mean, it depends on what context people are doing it in. It, I can see that, like, oh, I've been around the block a few times. Like, that's, uh, right. I've, I'm experienced, you know. I, I took that as Earl is, is shaking his thing downtown. Yeah, he a, a hussy. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and maybe he is, and that's okay. Yes, that is okay, because Earl can do whatever the hell he wants. He's a good guy. Biggie, we love him. Biggie. I'm really glad that you've picked Earl specifically, because I'm very similar to you in the sense of, I just loved Earl more yeah. than Toe Jam. There was just something about his vibe that I was like, I connect more with this. Um, he was just he was just more laid back and yeah. just a bit more cool. And as I said, loves his food and he's just a nice guy. Yeah. He's got some cool sunglasses. He's eating a hot dog on the cover of the game. Oh, what a good time. Who doesn't love a hot dog? I love a hot dog. <laughs> anyway, so I've got some uh, I've got some facts. I think we might have spoken about this fact before, to be honest, but I'll, I'll repeat it again because my memory is short. So originally, Toe Jam and Earl were actually meant to be called Flow Jam and Whirl. Oh, no. And so I'm really glad that we don't live in the universe where that became a thing. <laughs> where Flow Jam and Whirl exists. There is a parallel universe out there somewhere where yeah. Flow Jam and Whirl exist. <laughs> And I'd be like, I'm picking Whirl for my top five, guys. Yeah, and your your name is Mickey, and I'm Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff and Mickey, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Flow Jam and Whirl. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank God. So apparently when designer Greg Johnson, top programmer Mark Vorsang their names, Mark misunderstood what Greg was saying and coded them in the game as Toe Jam and Earl. It wasn't until they showed the game to Sega that Greg realised the names were incorrect. But since Sega actually liked the name, they decided to keep them. Oh, cute. So, I thought that's God. a really happy accident, but works yeah. so much more in their favour. My last fact is that apparently on December 5th, 2022, it was announced that a Toe Jam and L movie is in development from Amazon Studios with Stephen Curry producing through his production company, Unanimous Media. Oh my goodness. Jesus fucking Christ. I hope that's not a thing that just, you know, dies a death somewhere in the box. Well, you hope it doesn't die a death. Well, you hope it do, does die a death. I hope it doesn't. I want that to exist. I don't, but... Oh. I just feel like it would be terrible. Absolutely terrible. I don't know. I could... I could get behind a weird 90s alien show. Yeah, fair. Fair. Yeah, so that's Earl. I picked him because he's basically me. I like it. It's a good pick. Um, like I said, I really love Toe Jam and Earl. Me and you have very... Not not very different. We love the game, but you love the first one and I love the second one. Um, yeah, see, I, I looked into this because there was obviously the first one and there was Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Funkatron, which I think is the one... Yeah, that, the yeah. There's actually a third one. Don't remember that one. Um, there's also a game called Ready Aim Tomatoes, which was like a shoot. I think you used to use like the gun. Oh. Uh, a little bit like Duck Hunt kind of vibes. Because I had a gun for my Mega right. Drive. Right. Um, or Master System. I don't know. I'm not sure, but that's what it looked like. It definitely looked like a kind of shootery one. I don't know if you use any kind of add-on, but that's what it looked like. You just shoot tomatoes, I think. Oh, okay. Obviously, they released the, late, the, the later game, the most recent one, which I think was through... Uh, like crowdfunding type of stuff, which I still haven't played. Yeah. I'm a disappointment to myself, but you know. Oh yeah, that's uh, like back in the groove, isn't it? And it just looks yes. like the first one again. Yeah, 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 which I will play at some point, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. Nice. That's it. Very cool. All right then, if you're all done, we'll move on to mm-hmm. my number four. My number four is going to be Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. Nice. I thought you'd uh, go for something from Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, I really enjoy Ratchet and Clank. I haven't played all of them because there's, there's quite a few of them uh, that have released over the years. But the ones I have played, I've always really enjoyed. Ratchet first appeared, well, Ratchet and Clank, but Ratchet first appeared in 2002 in the PlayStation 2 game. That was the first 
Ratchet and Clank game called just Ratchet and Clank. And they've just been together ever since. So Ratchet is called a Lombax. That's his species of alien. Uh, he looks a bit like a cat fox. A bit like Fennec Foxy, I always think. Yeah. Um, he walks on two legs. He's fluffy, yellow, and has giant ears. And you'll often find him um, with Clank on his back, like a little backpack. I Like I said, I haven't played all of them. I played the original and then the remake of the original and then the most recent one on PlayStation 5, which was a lot of fun. The Lombaxes, the, you know, the species that Ratchet is, um, there is one extra one in the newest game, which is quite cute because otherwise there aren't any in the game. It's kind of like um, around the lore, you kind of learn that there's not any other Lombaxes about really. Uh, but you do find a lady one who I've cannot remember her name at this point, but it's cute. I'd always pick, they're always like a cute little team. It's, I think like the gameplay for them is always just kind of fun platformery. You just get loads of weapons, kind of like crazy gun based weapons though. I remember reading something about when they were making Ratchet and Clank, um, they kind of based it on the idea of like, well, what if we make like another Spyro game, but we kind of combine Tomb Raider in there because Tomb Raider's popular and we want him to have guns, yeah. but cute guns and kid-friendly t- weapons. Um, and I'd say that's a pretty good thing that they did. Like, it's pretty accurate to what, what they made. Ratchet as a character, I'd say he's really he's really similar to someone like Spyro. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's just general. I don't know how to describe him other than just, like, the general hero of the tale. You know what I mean? He's a kind of kind of like typical hero. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, But there is like lots of story and stuff too. There's quite a bit of depth, especially in the first game. So I'm gonna go into a bit of my fact just because it kind of ties into Ratchet as a as a character, and that's in the first game, Ratchet comes across as a bit of a dick. Um, Mm. He's actually really kind of mean to Clank, and he kind of doesn't care about saving anybody. He's just really like hell bent on getting back at the enemy like the main baddie in the in the first game and he really is like he even just like oh i don't want to go save this person like i have to go after this bad person and clank really disagrees with that and you kind of get into fights with him a lot and it's just it's not he's not the nicest character in that so much so that insomniac were really unhappy with his personality after it came back they were just like he's too sarcastic too snarky and too selfish um and so they really significantly uh changed his personality in the sequel at Going Commando. Just, and deliberately made him look way better and a nicer person in that game. Because they were really worried about it. I'd actually only ever played the first one, so um, that was actually my long-lasting impression. Not, no, I didn't, I don't remember thinking that. I mean, I I, I remember we got the game on PS2, like, with when I first got a PS2, and it was, like, the starter. I'm not a starter game, you know what I mean? And they they have them as a bundle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, that was the last Ratchet Clank game I played. Oh, well, I recommend checking the one out on the PlayStation 5. Um, yeah. That's really good. It's really fun. And the graphics in it are insane. It looks like a, an animated movie at times. They've just really nailed it. It just looks really, like, slick. To which there was an animated movie. Uh, I never oh. watched it, but I did know there was a movie. They animated... It was basically the first game, I think, they made oh, fair. into a movie PlayStation. Um, I don't know if it did that well. Like, all... Probably not. Good. <laughs> <laughs> movies based on video games but yeah so much so they also like changed the voice actor as well um oh, okay. so originally it was a guy called mikey kelly 
Um, and though his voice acting was praised because it was so tied to him being a bit of a dick, they changed it. And they uh, changed the voice actor to James Arnold Taylor, who's Titus from Final Fantasy X. <laughs> okay. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Titus. <laughs> he's been, he's been um, James, James Arnold Taylor since then, that point. Well, I'm glad he's doing stuff. Right? <laughs> you can't just have Titus's laugh going on forever. No, I'm, I'm glad that that's not, you know, destroyed his career. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, God, that laugh. Um, but yeah, there's not really much to say about Ratchet Clank. I kind of threw this in there because, again, it, it was one of those things where I was like, this game feels quite alien-y because you are just hopping in and out of in your little ship all the time and, like, visiting different planets um and so there's quite a few little aliens and stuff around but obviously the whole game kind of centers on ratchet and clank and ratchet is the alien out of those two and so yeah it just kind of felt like it it was apt to kind of pick pick him and i do have one more fact and this is this was a good one that i found i feel um and in that there is a hoverboard competition uh, in the first game, hosted by a curvy alien who is set to enter the, into the race. But if you choose to ditch the hoverboards and spend your time doing side slip, like flips and back flips instead, you'll find that for each mid-air stunt, her breasts will begin to enormously inflate. Oh, God. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know how, you know when you're like, how did someone discover this? Like, yeah. how is this a thing? How did these collection of is events that a glitch, happen? Then? Or is it, that in... it must be. Like, I mean, there must Google be a really weird glitch. Yeah, I really should have looked up a YouTube video to see if someone had done it. But that was a fact that I found. I'm pretty sure it's on VGA facts right now. So I feel like normally they don't they don't steer me wrong. I mean, they are moving, but is that just because our head's moving? Oh no, there they go. There they go. <laughs> Jesus, that could that. Could oh yeah, it doesn't out. look like they do much to begin with, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh my goodness! You know when you on a character creator that has a boob option, and you like yeah. just put it all the way to one end. That's what this looks like. Gosh, the world is an odd place that somebody is figuring that out. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's my number four. <laughs> the boob yeah. inflating. No, Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, cool. Nice. All right. My number four is from a game that I don't think you've played, but I've spoken about a lot because it's one of my favorite games of all time. And that is a character called Mission Veo from Knights of the Old Republic. Aha. Yeah, I thought you might have a Knights of the Old Republic in here somewhere. Yeah, they did. They did Aliens pretty good. Um mm-hmm. So, Knights Republic was released in 2003. It's an RPG, obviously based in the Star Wars world. I've spoken about it a lot. Developed by Bioware, our favourites, and published by LucasArts. So, Mission Veo, which I think I'm pronouncing correctly, is a kid I wanted to pronounce it Vow. I don't know why, but it is Veo from what I remember. She is a Twi'lek. And I've always bloody loved Twi'leks. And she, I mean, she's only 14, but... I mean, as a kid, I thought she was a lot older, but then as a kid, I was a kid. So, anyone is older than me, I suppose. 
But yeah, she's actually only 14. She's a blue Twi'lek and she's kind of like appears as like the sort of rogue-ish looking character. Like the way mm-hmm. she looks is just really cool. And she just, I always thought she looked really badass. And she also has a, a Wookiee companion called Zalba. Oh, nice. Yeah, she, she's cool. She's kind of, she's an orphan. So she's a bit of like a sort of street urchin kind of kind of person. She grew up on the streets and uh yeah as i said she's got her she's got a companion zalbar who sort of protects her and intimidates others to protect her she is presented as having sort of like a sleight of hand so like i said she's very roguelike and she's got a lot of stealth lockpicking and sort of demolition abilities and she's just yeah she's just really cool and i think as i said growing up playing this game it was really cool to see a twilight twilight character anyway mm-hmm. because although it was obviously the first kotor game even later on i feel like twi'leks you didn't really get that many playable i don't think no. you, do, you don't in the second one i mean obviously you probably do in the the mmo because you can probably be whatever species you want but mm. it was just at that time it just felt really cool to be able to also see a twi'lek that was kind of more into being able to like well how do i describe this a twi'lek that could fight basically that one was that doesn't dance well, I was trying to say that, yeah, in a way of like, so there's nothing wrong with, you know, Twilight dancers. They they can make a living however they want and their dancing is beautiful. Um, but like, it's cool to see a Twilight that is in a different field. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, it's one of those things where I've always wanted a more Jedi based Twilight. Yeah. And there are some. Yeah, so I just, at that point in time, specifically, I know that we have a lot more now. We have, like, the Clone Wars, and I'm pretty sure there's sort of cool Twilight sort of Jedis or fighters or whatever in there. But at this time, it was quite a new thing. I'd only ever really seen Twi'leks, you know, in, like, the movies or the cantina where they're kind of more just, like, dancers. Mm-hmm. So it was just awesome to see a Twi'lek, you know, that was, was holding blasters and yeah. blades and things like that. So, yeah, I, I appreciated that. And also, she was young, and so, you know, at the time I was like, she's cool. Yeah. Yeah, more so when carrying blasters and running around. I feel like you kind of connect with them when, especially when you're playing games yeah. when you're younger, and you're like, "Oh, this one's pretty. I want to play as this one. I want, yeah. I want to see this character." And she had she had a lot of like confidence, and I think like she really held her own, and she could kind of really stand her ground. And I think it's such a young girl that kind of had like a shit start to life. Mm. I just yeah, I just very much appreciate her character as just an overall thing, and I felt like it was quite before its time for a game like that personally mm-hmm. because. I think with the with the Knights of Republic games, there is a way of just kind of, I don't know, having just the generic kind of companions. Because there yeah. is generic companions in those games. There's like the typical white man, rogue, handsome guy that you romance, you know, and you have that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's it's nice to have a character that is a little bit different. And I feel like Mission was a little bit different. Yeah, like playing on those tropes a little bit and not just yeah. having all the standard, you know, oh, I know there's going to be a character like this in there. And I know yeah. there's going to be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. There's, there wasn't a lot that I could find information-wise on her, or even sort of facts-wise, so I just found a couple of things. But um, So her voice actress, Catherine Tabor, um, apparently started her voice acting career with the role of Mission Veo, um, and it served as a starting point in her career, which was quite cool in the industry. Nice. And uh, she described herself as a Star Wars fan and noted that the audition for Mission was her career's um, second and felt that her enthusiasm to secure the role. So she was a big Star Wars fan, basically, which I thought was very cool. Yes. And the last fact I've got is that the Mission Veo and Zalbar, the, the Wookiee duo, is thought to be a tribute to Han Solo and Chewbacca. 
because the way she kind of dresses does kind of look like the way he does and obviously having the Wookiee um, and she's her in-game character class is known as Scoundrel as well which obviously is what Leia would sort of call Han Solo and uh, she does also like Mission repeats the classic line I have a bad feeling about this Mm. oh nice Um, which obviously Han Solo uttered in A New Hope so that's also cool to have that little like line so yeah I definitely think she was kind of like this inspiration which I think is why I liked her even more so Yeah. yeah nice that's mission. Very cool. Very Number cool. Four. Yeah, I was hoping you had a, a KOTOR one because it's just kind of... I don't aliens. know. It's aliens. It's, and it's Star Wars aliens. It's I feel space. like it's really easy to forget that Star Wars is is space. I, I don't... I know that sounds really stupid. <laughs> like, and like alien-y. I think because humans have nothing to do with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, our solar system is nowhere near there. And so... You just kind of go, oh, it's own, it's its own little world. You don't really think of them as aliens for some mm. reason. Or I don't, anyway. Um, but nice. Well, that leads me really nicely into my number three, actually. Because my number three is also from a Star Wars game. Oh. Um, and I've gone with Meryn, uh, the Night Sister, from Jedi Fallen Order. See, I've not played this. So, I'm going to talk about this without giving too many spoilers away. Mm. Um, so Mary's a night sister, which uh, means she's from Dathomir, similar to Darth Maul. He's a Dathomirian. Oh, um, cool. So the night sisters, if you've ever watched Clone Wars, I recommend it. It's really good. It kind of goes into them a bit. The night sisters are kind of the witches of Dathomir. They're kind of known, um, and they're kind of the 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 females of the Dathomir. So Darth Maul's like the male one. And the Night Sisters are the female ones. Um, there's a few of them. There's like Ventress, who's like a evil Sith Lord kind of thing. Otherwise, they don't really, they don't really side either way. They kind of, they're not really Sith. They're not really Jedi. They're kind of their own clan, and they kind of live in an, in mostly tribal kind of feeling areas. Like Dathomir is really sandy kind of place, and so they kind of have this ancient order of what they call magic wielding for the females and it's kind of like the force but it's it's a little bit darker and so night sisters can um do things like make themselves invisible um they can also do all the force stuff like move objects and smash stuff but they can also use it to make ghostly forms and even reanimate the dead which is something that Merin can do um so when you first meet Merin, she's one of the only night sisters left so this happens so during because the game is set um after the order of 66 that's a very early thing so i promise i'm not giving any away they kind of were also included in that um thing so all the jedi have gone and then quite a lot of the night sisters have gone so Marin is like the only one left and you meet her on dathmir and then there's lots of little bits and bobs that go on um throughout the course of the of the game but she's just really cool i really liked her as a character there seemed like there's a lot there this is really topical actually for us because the new one of this game the second one of this game comes out tomorrow yes top of, oh wait no spring isn't going to release for about a week <laughs> it came out this month yeah yeah topical we yeah did so it. the sequel to this game game came as of recording comes out tomorrow this will probably be released and it'll be have come out this month already but i'm i'm hoping she'll be in it again because she's just a really interesting character um being kind of like one of the only left of her kind 
and you being kind of around the Jedi who aren't really around anymore either. It's kind of a nice weird meet between the two of you trying to work that out. But obviously Night Sisters are very odd. They don't tend to like anybody outside of their own people. So that dynamic is really interesting. Um, but yeah, I just thought she was really cool. I She's got a lot of backstory that I hope they go into more in the second one. Because you feel like there's some stuff there. Um, but it doesn't get fully explained um, in this game. But she's kind of like, to describe her, she's kind of a little bit like grey in colour. Yeah, so I've got to say, I obviously never played this game, but I adore her character design. Yeah. I love her hair. I love her fashion. Her fashion is great. Mm-hmm. I want to play this game now just for this fashion. Um, she looks like a cool chick. Yeah, I think you'd really enjoy. I think you'd really enjoy the game. The story in it is really good. The combat's very difficult. Um, I didn't. There was some frustrating bits that I hope they fix in the next one coming out. But the actual story is, if you like Star Wars, is really good. It's really interesting. Um, and yeah, she's got some great fashion, and she's just got some cool face patterny makeup stuff going on she's got gray hair she's just all round cool cool girl um yeah. and i just really enjoyed kind of explore like having a bit more to do with the night sisters because you don't really see much of them in normal star wars like i said clone wars are the only places that i've seen them before and maybe they also i've not seen like rebels and stuff but um that was the first time i'd seen really the night sisters outside of um darth maul Mm-hmm. Um, and they just seem really interesting like the women in that tribe just seemed like a really interesting tribe I couldn't find many facts for her at all I think because it's obviously a game that only really came out 2019 um, it was really difficult to find much trivia and stuff on the only thing I could find out was that Night Sisters can domesticate Rancors um, yeah. and ride them which was you know cool power I like these people yeah they seem cool um, but yeah, other than that, I couldn't really find much facts. But I definitely recommend playing playing the game. Um, I'll definitely be playing the sequel now that I've played this one because I've really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Two Star Wars uh, ladies. Yeah, getting there. in the Star Wars women. So my number three. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in myself. And I, I went like back and forth with whether I wanted to keep this one in. And I just, I couldn't lie to myself. I couldn't do it. I, I had to do it. I promised myself I wouldn't have a Mass Effect character in this list. <laughs> I failed. I failed. That's fair. My number three is the wonderful, the ever-lovable Morden Solus. Ah, oh, yes. Good old Morden. I just... He is the most alien alien. Yeah, that's fair. Like, the most alien alien. I was like, I can't not have him. So, as I said, he's from Mass Effect... He um, actually, I realise, appears in, uh, well, arrives in Mass Effect 2. And he is a Salarian, which is one of the Mass Effect alien races. Um, he's a physician and a life scientist who was once a member of the Salarian Intelligence Organisation, a special task group earlier in his life. He um, is depicted as a very, like, fast-talking guy. He's very guided by scientific principles and logics. But he does go for a bit of a journey um, on his morals and, and, and things like that, which is one of the reasons why I love him. Because um, he did, unfortunately, a little bit of a spoiler warning, but not too much. He did kind of help create and distribute measures to kind of create a bit of a, a plague called the genophage, which is used against another species uh, of, of alien in the game called Krogan, which kind of fucks him up and is not good and is not a good time for them. And it's a very big controversy in that kind of universe. 
but him being sort of as i said the journey that he goes on he does kind of change his mind on that and although he used to only sort of do what was you know science scientific and everything and and for the greater good he does he does change his mind and he does mm-hmm. end up creating sort of a cure and doing everything he can to to stop the genophage effectively yeah. um his goal is is to create to create that cure and, and help the world um and kind of reverse what he's done so that's why i think i love him is because he goes through he does like a 180 you know and i everyone i think you know is redeemable and yes he fucked up at one point in his life and he did do something that maybe wasn't very noble uh, and very questionable but the fact that he you know went through a a, a process of realizing that was wrong and, and is doing what he can to correct the error of his ways yeah i really love Maudin because you're right even though he's quite a flawed character especially to begin with you still really enjoy him and yes. i think a big part of that is because you start to really see that he's like oh okay maybe i was wrong about these things yeah um and the thing is you you can't even persuade him in the beginning really you sort of you you sense that he's very guided by all that science and very much like very unfeeling with it but then i think the nice thing is you can't really change his mind it's only when he sees things happening mm-hmm. that he then changes his mind and i think that's just quite nice to think like you know he he goes through and experiences it personally for himself and it's just yeah 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 in a in a in a weird way talking about aliens it's quite a human thing like human quality um, yeah i mean bioware are obviously very good at at doing that with their characters um they don't treat what i like about a lot of the mass effect aliens and i think especially ones like morden is that bioware doesn't really treat them like aliens it would be very easy to make him one thing you know like very quintessential like alien doesn't understand yeah always sticks to his own thing but i think the thing is yeah that is one thing mass effect do very well in fact is is making it seem like the aliens have i mean the aliens have their own agendas to an extent but you can sense that they see us as the aliens as well Mm -hmm. and they see and I, i think that's quite nice because you can sort of i don't want to say the aliens seem more human but you can see their perspective on things and they they do that so well yeah they're like full rounded people with their own Mm. ideals and their own thoughts about about things yeah yeah and they have the ability to change their mind and all that kind of stuff so yeah morden is like the perfect example of that and he i realize he's actually he's actually quite old i don't know how old he is but he's nearing the end of his lifespan apparently but David Cates, who created his musical theme, um, sort of describes him as being like quirky, a little bit disorganized, um, overthinking, and just quite eccentric. And I think that's quite a nice way to describe him. And he does add a little bit of kind of comic relief to the mm. game. And uh, although obviously he does have that kind of hard edge, he is quite quirky. Yeah. I love him. I'm with you. Like, he's. Annoyingly, Morden's one of those ones where anytime it mentions, I go, oh, I love Morden. And then I forget how much I love Morden. He's always like my forgotten character. And I don't know why, because he's genuinely one of my favourites. Um, and I always go to like the normal, I mean, my normal too is just always like Garrison and Rex. Um, and then, yeah. you know, I slowly go for that. And I always forget like oh, how much I love Morden um, as a character. He's great. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's just got a lot of layers to him. Yeah, definitely. So that one thing I was mentioning about the fact that, that Morden does seem very alien is the fact that um, I actually looked into the sort of his design 
And his race, the Solarians, were generally conceived uh, to be like a type of the variant of the grey alien archetype, which obviously we have in kind of modern media and everything, which is, you know, yeah, the grey alien, the typical kind of, I don't even know how you describe it, triangle-headed, big eyes, typical mm-hmm. what you would draw if you were to draw an alien. Yeah, definitely. He's pro- Yeah, you're right. He is the most alien-looking alien. Yeah. Like that alien that walks by in the movie Signs. Mm-hmm. But a little bit less hench. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's more... <laughs> Slinky. Yeah, he's the skinny cousin. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so the funny thing as well, funny fact, the, his inspiration for his face was taken from, from Clint Eastwood. What? How? How? I don't even... I don't even know where to begin with that So fact. apparently the core concept of Morda's design brief essentially asked, what would the Clint Eastwood Solarian look like? And to that end, one piece of concept art directly took features from a picture of Eastwood and incorporated them on the Solarian, leading to kind of his aged look. They just made him look a bit older. Right. Um, but I guess... Up? I guess if you were to look at Clint Eastwood and then look at Morda, like because they say he's a Clint Eastwood of Solarians, right? Yeah, so it's like he doesn't. They're not trying but they to make did, him. They did take inspiration from his face, though. I mean, let me let me compare. Yeah, I was going to say I need to have the two pictures side by side. I can kind of see it. Yeah, I can kind of see it. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, now now the Reddit now he's picture now is he's there. old now Clint Eastwood is old maybe not when he was younger but like no but the old picture the scowl the mouth yeah no I, Which, oh, I it's kind see of it. offensive to Clint Eastwood in my opinion but I don't know if Mass Effect wanted alive. to turn me into an alien I'd be very happy is Clint Eastwood still alive yeah Clint Eastwood is still alive he should sue for facial uh, <laughs> sealing his face <laughs> Maybe he loves it. Maybe he's Maybe. like, uh, th- of all the things I've done, Maybe Mr. Clint Eastwood. Anyway, so yeah, Morden looks like an alien. Another little thing about Morden as well is he was very positively received and was nominated for three Best New Character Awards um, and always earns numerous placements in top character lists as he has done with this one. Yep. Um, so his, he also sings a song. Uh, scientist Solarian in Mass Effect 2 with the melody from the Major General song, which is possibly because of Michael Beatty, Morden's voice actor, had a chorus role in the 1985 TV production of The Pirates of Penzance. Okay. I thought it was quite interesting. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> and also, the Bioware store sells a statue of Morden Solus that stands an impressive 20.5 inches tall on a one quarter scale which would put Morden's official height at six feet ten inches he is a tall boy he's a tall but now I'm thinking about it anytime I go and see him a shepherd he is always quite tall is he I can't remember I always remember thinking like I'm going to go see my mad uncle because he yeah. just made me feel a bit young like and stupid talking to him I do love Morden but I am a bit scared of him at six foot ten yeah, that's that's quite tall. Just like the Towering opposite of uh, of the problem with uh, Captain yes, Olimar. That is true. Can you imagine putting them together? Oh. <laughs> anyway, that's all my facts. I felt bad nice. for including Morden because Mass Effect, but fuck it. Now you got to include one. You know. Yeah, we had to one. talk Mass Effect a little bit in a what about? Aliens. It would have been a lie if if we didn't say anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Right. I like it. Uh, we're steaming through this because we are on to my number two. Mm-hmm. I feel like mine two is going to be a little bit of a surprise. But the more I thought about him, the more I was like, 
I have to I have to include him because um, mm-hmm. I don't know when else we're going to. Um, so my number two is going to be Kirby. Okay, Kirby was in my honorable mentions. Nice, cool. Okay, so um, I'm because I was slightly worried that you weren't going to like accept that he was an alien, but he is I... from Planet Popstar. Well, when I was looking at my list, I found out that Kirby was in fact an alien. Yeah, so, yeah, that's how it. I found it out. And actually, I was like, oh, that's great. I love it. He does ride around on a star, so yeah, it's just there. Um, yeah, so Kirby is the you know lovable pink round creature of Nintendo fame. As I said, he is an alien. He is from Planet Popstar, where all the Kirby people are from. <laughs> no, he was from somewhere called Planet Popstar. I know. It's just so good. Like It's the most 90s of things again. Um, he first appeared in 1992 in Kirby's Dreamland for the Game Boy um, and has since been in around 40 different games. So, Gosh. you know, Kirby's everywhere. He is one of the staple... I'd say he's one of the staple Nintendos. Nintendo boys. You know, we've got Mario... We've got Link, um, and we've got Kirby. Kirby's basically a, a mouth with shoes, is how I describe him. <laughs> um, he's just like a pink blob, uh, and his main their main ability is to suck everything in, um, like enemies and things, and then either fire them out towards enemies, or he can kind of mutate into into it. Yeah, it's a bit um, weird when I think about it now. Yeah. More you dwell on it, the more you're like, maybe that's not. <laughs> the more you just don't want to dwell on it, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no real worse than Yoshi eating people and pooping out the eggs. You're not wrong. You know. But yeah, he'll kind of like. I don't know what like what the right word is, but when you like, there's a scientific word that I, I'm not going to get there with. But you osmosis into a thing. Is that the right? I don't know. Suddenly, Kirby will gain a hat and a sword if if he's decided to eat a hat and sword thing. Um, and it's just quite a fun ability, which I feel like they've been able to do a lot of things with. Um, I've recently been playing the newest one on Switch, the newest Kirby game. And then in that, you can turn yourself into various different objects, even. Um, you can be a car. Uh, I believe I turned into a vending machine at one point. <laughs> what the fuck? The car is especially good, if you look at it. Um, it's just like... Kirby stretched over a small vehicle. I mean, that makes sense, but like the vending machine, not so much. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like a little bit puzzly. They are kind of like, I'd describe them more as like puzzly platformery ones than straight like platform, more like um, Mario kind of games, the Kirby games. Um, but they're all very different. There's a big variety with Kirby games, so it's never like one and fits all of them kind of thing. In my opinion he's the best character to play as in super smash bros um everyone will probably tell me that he's the easiest character and that is why he's the best because i always play as kirby in that yeah because you can save yourself from falling off the edge which is what i spend 99 percent of the time doing in smash bros it's just flying off the edge and going oh i'm dead but yeah, there wasn't really, other than Kirby exists and is in lots of games, there wasn't really much around Kirby in general, other than general general facts, I found. Um, because all of the games are kind of slightly different, and obviously enemies that Kirby faces are like Meta Knight and King Dedede. But again, it's one of those things where it's just the different, all the different games just kind of appear in all the different things which is really difficult to be like 
he does a thing every time and fights a thing he's just always the same but in your way of describing earl he is described as cheerful innocent and food loving um yeah which Relatable. i i enjoy yeah he's apparently has a very positive attitude that was something i wrote down um and frequently because he frequently helps to save his dreamland but that's kind of it they never really give him an age i think in japan he's like little boy in the english like manual Mm. but i don't think they ever actually use that as a general term anywhere else um but they also have him as quite an innocent um a naive character most of the time but i do have some facts that i found there's some good facts on kirby okay um and so the first one was kind of the Sakurai was the um, creative game. He always envisioned Kirby to be pink. But Miyamoto requested that he actually be yellow. Um, And although, obviously, he became pink, um, you can still see yellow Kirbys as if you press, like, your second player, if the second player joins any Kirby game, you'll instantly be given a yellow Kirby. Um, But due to the confusion between which one you need to be picked, when the um, North American box art for the first game came out, it was white. Um, Kirby appeared white on there um, and they believe that that's why he's white was because they couldn't come to an agreement before before that box art was approved. I don't like the idea of a white Kirby. I don't know why. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> um, well, know. you'll probably like this even less because apparently early versions of Kirby's de- design featured hair and teeth. Oh, God. Yeah. I need to find this. I know. I really wanted to try and find this as well. Um, it's like maybe nothing. Maybe nothing actually exists. I couldn't find much because I put in like Kirby with hair, and I feel like it was just going to give me nightmare fuel. So I just didn't. I just didn't look it for it, and it it was just like because he kind of gets like they kind of give him hair when you know like especially in Smash Bros or in general ones where you know you eat a character and that character has hair. Like I know that I've seen a Kirby with like Link link hair on so but, the, yeah, the hair yeah. doesn't feel too weird i mean at the end of the day like kirby is eating people like let's not forget this this is very true i think you see it because he's got such a happy little innocent face and voice you just assume that he's not doing anything evil but actually he's uh, eating people he's eating people and absorbing <laughs> them into like his own to his own usage it's a little bit dark so what we're saying is kirby is the villain yeah really all of those poor creatures that they're just trying to get away and he's just you know when you do the like the suck power yeah just oh can you imagine wow um the other fact that i had was that his original name was twinkle popo (laughs) (laughs) twinkle popo twinkle popo i know i'm kind of a little bit sad that that was never the approved name, Twinkle Popo. What does that mean? I honestly I don't know. And I couldn't in the fact it then for didn't go on to explain. It just said eventually he became like it was like down to Twinkle or down to Popo and then it became Kirby, but it didn't really explain the logical jump between Twinkle Popo and Kirby. <laughs> like there was no On this one it says that, right. that they're called Popo Po. Popo Po. Yeah. Maybe this fact missed out a Poe. Maybe. 
Yeah. Or maybe they just shortened it. Maybe. Popo Po was originally going to be the main character of the Kirby series, but it was updated into... Yeah, I guess Twinkle Popo or Twinkle Popo Popo. Same thing. Popo Popo Popo. Yeah. Well, Popo Popo. Well, there is, as you said, there is Flow Jam and Whirl and Twinkle Popo Popo. Somewhere. <laughs> Somewhere in the world. In the there universe. is. Yeah, some some yep. different feature have those. Well, Mickey and Jeff can have those. I'll yeah, they they, they can have Twinkle Po Po Po. Um, we they don't probably also Popo. have Po 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 has hair and teeth in that universe. Oh gosh, yes. I think Twinkle Po Po would have hair and teeth. It's yeah. just a feeling. Yeah, I think it would suit hair and teeth. Twinkle Po Po Po. Yeah, Twinkle Po Po can stay in that universe, and yeah, it's really difficult to say Twinkle Po Po Po. But you just can't stop. No, <laughs> I'm addicted now. In fact, I'm going to subtly just start like sticking sticky notes over Kirby's name from now on with Twinkle Popo Bo and see if I can bring it back. Resurgence. Justice with Twinkle Popo Bo. Yeah. <laughs> Give him teeth. How does he chew anything with no teeth? That's a question. That is true. He just swallows everything whole. Oh. It's going to be bad for the gullet. Unless he's got teeth in his stomach. Ah. Oh. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's even darker. Yeah, I know. All right, this 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 one's freaking me out now. Let's move on. I'm done. I'm done with Kirby. Right, we're gonna go into a dark hole again. Oh, We've gone from one dark hole of Kirby's stomach to another. Mine two is Genova from Final Fantasy VII. Nice. I had that in my honourable mentions. Nice. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because when I mm. suddenly like clicked about Genova, I was like, actually, this is a really cool alien. But you forget that technically Genova is an alien. Yeah. So, as I said, Genova is an extraterrestrial life form in the Final Fantasy VII series. Everyone knows Final Fantasy VII by now. And uh, it's like the major antagonist of the game. And although people often think Sephiroth obviously is, you know, the main bad guy, actually, it's mostly Genova. Mm. So we're going to have to go into a bit of story time right now. <laughs> Get comfy, everybody. Okay. Because there's no other way to, to explain what Genova is other than this this large paragraph that I'm about to read to you. So everyone knows, mo- most people know about the story of Final Fantasy VII. But 2,000 years before the main events of the game, um, an alien creature landed on Gaia, so the world of, of Final Fantasy VII, um, having travelled through space on a meteor. And this impact created a giant wound on the planet's surface that would be known as the North Crater, which we all sort of know if you've played the game. And the alien that emerged from the crater approached a ancient civilization. well... They were ancient in Final Fantasy VII that we know anyway, called the Cetra. They were an ancient race and uh, this alien used mimicry to destroy them and basically infected them with the alien cells and they mutated to monsters and they were just pretty much all gone. So the alien would then take the form of the fallen Cetra and then use his appearance to approach and destroy their loved ones. So it was just kind of like a really horrible way to to kill a whole fucking civilization because... The alien would effectively mutate into people that they thought they knew and just fucking destroy everyone. So they ended up calling it like the virus because that's effectively what it was doing. It was destroying everyone from the inside, effectively. So, yeah, the Cetra civilization pretty much got uh, abolished. I don't know if that's the right word. but And the daughter race, which was known as, as humans, hid from it while the Cetra were, nearly, were pretty much all wiped out. There was a few surviving, obviously, which you'll know mm-hmm. if you played the game. So the last few remaining Cetra banded together to defeat the creature and they quarantined inside the North Crater where it would lie dormant for thousands of years. 
and uh, despite this this sort of victory their civilization was lost and they just yeah there wasn't very many of them and and Mm. the ancient civilization kind of died out so yeah after all this time like the memory of Genova had faded and uh, we have a a lovely company that ruled the planet now with Mako Energy but they were always looking for ways to to you know become more efficient and uh, they basically started hearing these legends of the promised land uh, all to do with the Setra, the ancient race. And basically they ended up just doing loads of fucking research as most fucking things like this go. Can't, can't leave it alone. It yeah. They can't leave it alone. So obviously, yeah, they were mining and doing all their fucking shit. And they uh, they basically excavated the uh, the alien creature's remains, thinking it was a Setra, because obviously the alien had, mm. had morphed into a Setra. And they gave it the name Genova. And this was 30 years before Final Fantasy VII, technically, at this point. And this began the Genova Project, which was an effort by a number of Shinra scientists to take Genova cells and use them to create a human hybrid, uh, etc., who would lead them to the promised land, obviously, that they believed was a thing. But obviously, Genova was not etc., and uh, they couldn't actually end up doing anything because the cells they were getting weren't etc. But the humans treated with the cells proved to be super soldiers, leading to Shinra's injection of Genova cells into members of its elite military force, Soldier, uh, which we, we, you know, we had Sephiroth, Genesis, um, Angeal, if you've played Crisis Core, those names will be familiar. Yeah, so see, that that all, that all went down. There's <laughs> a lot going on there. <laughs> yep. I told you it was story time. So... The, I'll, and I'll sort of speak a little bit, you know, I've, I've sort of set the backstory um, a little bit about sort of what Genova, what Genova does. So it, when Genova says it inside a host body, they can basically influence its mind to join what it calls the reunion, which I guess is to come together with the the, the alien itself. Mm. So Genova herself, even though that is what she's been named, because that is Genova's kind of goal is to just destroy everything. Absolutely everything. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't need to go into like Sephiroth or anything, but I think the the yeah. main thing to know is that Genova is a shapeshifter, and a large part of I think who Sephiroth was in the game is actually Genova controlling Sephiroth. Mm. So although obviously everyone thinks of, of Sephiroth as this kind of big bad guy, actually a you know it's all it's all driven by Genova. Yeah, and I think that is really interesting, and I think that makes for a really cool alien in the sense of. Mm. Although not a lot of people think of Genova when they think of Final Fantasy VII, but actually, like, the whole fucking thing was because of Genova, effectively. Yeah, that's the big bad. I think you yeah. forget that that's, that's the true enemy. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. And it's an incredible force as well to, to mm. do all of that. And I think just because of that, I just think, like, Genova is a fucking cool alien. Yeah. Um to kind of have that power to basically just fucking like just take over people's minds and it's, it's very intelligent but it it makes you wonder as well about whether or not Genova truly sort of knows what it's doing um right. yeah because you know with things like parasites and, and and a fungus like a lot of the time it does it, it just does what it does to survive it doesn't really know what it's doing so I think that's really interesting and I do, I do think that there's a lot of unanswered questions regarding Genova, which maybe we'll find out in the in the next parts to the remake whether they'll divulge a little bit more information but yeah yeah you're right because it would it's one of those things where it's Genova's always been a great mystery 
to to me in like you said like in its purpose mm. um i think you missed that it's the big bad of the game um i think because of that because there's no real you just like you, said, you can't really sense a reason of a lot of things when it comes to no like you don't you can't talk that. to it right no like, um and so you're right in that sense you can kind of describe it as yeah more parasite more like cordyceps kind of logic it's just doing a thing just yeah to do a thing and i used to always get confused about like you know how i mean not a lot of people like it but the the movie advent children Mm. and those little ones that look like sephiroth were like always going on about reunion and joining with mother and all that kind of shit like obviously there is some of that in the game too but that used to always confuse me and and actually, only when I started looking into this did I understand the whole, like, the cells trying to seek back to, like, the the main host kind of mm. alien. Um, because that's, in some sense, that's a very, like, it's not necessarily even thought out, intentional. It's just, like, that's obviously what the cells feel like they need to do. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You're right. Like, that. that's always been one of the question marks. But actually, when you understand what Genova is a little bit more... Mm. That does start to all click in. Um, yeah. And there is quite like a celly feel around that film, if I can remember. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Some of the imageries and stuff. So, yeah, no, that's a yeah. good point. It's Geneva just a big mystery, I think, to mm. me still. And actually reading up on it and doing this, I actually learned a lot more than I, I even knew before because I always just thought Geneva was just a weird fucking being. I mean, it is still. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, and the, the appearance of Geneva as well is interesting because obviously... Um, Geneva, I mean, takes very many different forms in the game, but I don't actually know what the the original form is because obviously Geneva takes the form of a Cetra and yeah. appears as like a grey skinned woman, so seen as very feminine and also obviously separate from the tribe to her as mother, but technically not his mother. He has the cells from Geneva, but it's not his mother. But the she's in like a container in the Mako reactor on Mount Nibble, mm-hmm. Nibble. I've never actually thought about how to say that. Nibelheim? I don't know. So I always say Nibelheim. It says here Mount Nibble, but let's, let's just rephrase that. It's probably um, Nibble. Nibble? That's horrible. <laughs> don't like that. Having a nibble on Mount Nibble. <laughs> so, although, yeah, it appears feminine, um, technically no one's actually really sure because it's just an extraterrestrial life form. Uh, but the at Mount Nibelheim, like the container is covered by what's been referred to as the Genova doll, which is like a man metal, man-made metal construct that resembles the torso of an angel. The doll obscures Genova itself, while the wings cover the container. But yeah, so obviously, like there, there has been this kind of feminine mm. vibes put on Genova. But truly, I don't think anyone really, really knows whether Genova even could have gender. Could just be, like I said, sort of like a, almost like a parasite that wants to just destroy planets and races and shit. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Like you're right. It's like you always just picture it as that woman figure, like with the hat thing, helmet, whatever it is, on her head. Yeah, it's just always the picture. But you're right. That's probably just a random form. Some facts. But nice. Genova's. Uh, it's obviously going off a little bit about the whole gender thing. But the name Genova is a portmanteau. I don't actually know what that word means. You might know what that means. Uh, it's oh, I can't remember. A blend of two different words, I think. Right. Okay. Jehovah and Nova, and Jehovah comes from the Hebrew word which refers to Jesus Christ, and Nova comes from the Latin adjective for new, but could also refer to a terrestrial explosion such as a supernova. Oh. We love a name fact. 
Nice. Oh, so a portmanteau is a word blending the sounds and combining the meanings of two others. For example, nice. motel or brunch. Bre- breakfast. Yeah, that's what it's... That's okay. what... Um, some more facts. I've actually got a few facts for Genova. Genova Chen, who was famed for creating the games Flower and Journey, said that Final Fantasy VII is a massive inspiration for his own work, so much so that he took the name from the game's character. Oh, I was going to say, like, is that a real weird coincidence, or did he change no, his name? just <laughs> took it, yeah. Nice. Um, also, another weird fact is this whole thing about, obviously, uh, Genova. Um, Shiva, basically, Shiva helped what? put away Genova. As in oh. Shiva, Shiva Tra- helped trap. Genova. Oh, that's interesting. Apparently. So, you go, Shiva. Yeah, Shiva. Oh, so that was a big one. Um, thanks oh, for sticking with there, everyone. Heavy that was door. a lot. But yeah, Genova, because I just think that is an alien that has come from outer space and it's created this, basically, the the whole story of the game. Yeah. Um, big impact. Bad time and bad person, alien, but good story. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm glad you you had Geneva. Like I said, it was in my honourable mentions. Um, yeah, but I was just like, oh, there's a heavy one. I didn't want to go there. Um, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't deal with that law. It's right. We've we've, so I'm glad we've, you've we've done it. Tackled. We've got through it. Yeah, we're fine. All right, and so we are on to our honourable mentions. Yes. Um, do you have any that you want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I've got um, a a character from I think it was Mega Drive game from what I remember is is Pugsy. Did you ever play I, Pugsy? I know of Pugsy, but I don't think I ever played it. So Pugsy um, was this weird little alien from this Mega Drive game. <laughs> I don't know like loads about Pugsy, but I just remember I really enjoyed the game. Um, <laughs> he kind of looks like a pillowcase. Um, <laughs> oh man, he does. Googled him now. Yeah, yeah, pillowcase app description for Pugsy. I don't know anything about Pugsy, but as a kid I liked him. Alex the Kid, which is also like a retro game, which we had on the Master System, and I think he continued doing stuff on later. But uh, apparently, he's an alien. I didn't know that, but he is an alien. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Big is. I love Alex the Kid. Elvis from the game Perfect Dark, I think I've spoken about before. He's a pretty cool alien. Nice. Uh, I also included. So, I, I actually stopped myself from picking this character because I got really angry. <laughs> You'll understand in a minute. Um, obviously, the, there's the game High on Life, right? Mm. Um, from the creators of Rick and Morty. And. Um, and I wanted to include a gun that was like an alien, and I was gonna I was gonna put Gus in. It was Gus that I picked, um, and then I just remembered about all the controversy, and I got angry, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the developers' fault. It's not. It's not the developers. It's oh just, yeah, but I know. I just mean. didn't. I just didn't feel like talking about it. I feel like I'd be the elephant in the room. So I was like, Do you know what? No, but I like Gus the alien gun. So yeah. there's that. Um, I included Kirby as well, but we spoke about Kirby. Um, this one I was going to include, but I decided I didn't know if he was an alien or not. But there's a character from Xenoblade Chronicles, the first one, called Ricky, who I love. And he is an alien in a sense because he's a weird creature that is a, is a different looking creature to, to human creatures. Right. But I was like, he's on his own planet and uh... he's native to that planet. And I thought, really? He's not really an alien to everyone else. He's an alien to me, but... Mm. I don't know. It just it didn't it, it I it didn't sit right. That's so, fair. I mean, I probably would have given it to you, but I I get I I respect the the stance. I think it was Morden and Ricky, and that I had to right, go with Morden yeah. in the end. So, yeah, but I love Ricky. He's amazing. Um, and that's it. That's my one mentions. What are yours? Nice. Um, yeah, we talked about a bunch of mine, but I have I have Tally Vasora because um, that was nice. going to be my aspect. Um, 
pick if I was going to put one in here because I felt like I haven't really ever talked about Tally and I really enjoy her as a character and you know her look and the non-breathing weird Korean stuff that happens with them um I also had Jack and Daxter but I think I had a similar thing with you where I was like well they're kind of it all takes place I guess there in their own little bit so it's just a bit of an odd odd yeah. one but yeah Jack it's and Daxter was one um and then also I, well, this was more of a discovery and i didn't put this in there because i was like I i've never really played any of the games um but apparently like fox mcleod is an alien yeah um, yeah and all of all of that team are aliens and i was like oh i didn't know this about them but then i i forget that actually like it was it's all about driving spaceships around so yeah it starts to make sense after that point but yeah we i had um toe jam and earl and genova um in there as well so what's your number one? So my number one, I think, is going to be your number one. I'm just going to put that <laughs> out there as well. Um, so we can talk about this together. But my number You're one... You're very certain. Is Abe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Oh, we love Abe. We have to talk about Abe. I knew yeah. that Abe was going to be on my list. And the more I kept on looking at the list, I was like, no, Abe's the original... Abe's the original alien for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was certain that you'd have him on your, your list. Oh, and course. so the longer we went on your list and the more he didn't come up, I was like, all right, we've both got him as number one. Yeah, we haven't spoken about Abe, I don't think since like the first episode of our podcast. Um, I think he was my one of my protagonists in top five video game protagonists. Yeah, way back when. Um, yeah, yeah and I don't think back. I've ever really delved too much into abe i might have looked at the odd world area but yeah definitely mm. not abe yeah. abe himself um so i'm excited to talk about this with you but he first appeared in abe's odyssey in 1997 that was released on the playstation one and the pc abe is a madokan i think madokans pretty classically alien you know we were saying similar to morden oh very alien you know yeah. just if you're gonna draw an alien you'd probably end up drawing abe. i mean he's green He's a green man. Well, um, I want to mention as purple, well. Right though. Oh wait, he's he's, he's showing purpley blue. For me. Oh, hang on. I thought he was green. Madokans are green, but like Abe's always kind of like been purpley. But you're right, he's kind he's of green. green. So my fact lied to me, and then I thought, oh yeah, that sounds right. And then I was like, no, wait a minute. He is like green, but I he's purpley no, as well. There, there is definitely, <laughs> there's definitely some purple tints on him. Like, it's almost like he's kind of greeny, but he's got, like, purpley veins. He's kind of like, well, so a bunch of the images I have, he's really purple. Depends what pictures you're looking at, I think. Yeah. Because there's he's somewhere he's... He's got purple more... arms and head, but then his face is green, if that makes sense. So, like, yeah. his legs, arms, and the top of his head is kind of purpley. But I then... think in the right lighting, he's both. Yeah. Let's call him blue, and then, you know, just... Totally Let's call wrong. him... Uh, I was gonna say blurple, but he's not blurple, is he? Yeah, he's like, he's like greenple, preen, breen. He's breen, breen. Right, he's preen. Um, <laughs> but he's pretty like humanoid in build, other than his like hands, heads, and feet. You know, because he's got a giant head that's got his little his little top knot sticking out of it. So I wanted to talk about his name. Mm. I laughed to myself for five minutes over the fact that his real name is Abraham. Yes. I don't know why. It just made me laugh a lot. He has like a last name as well, right? Yeah, Abraham Lur. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, Abe is clearly a shortened version of Abraham, but just being called, calling Abe Abraham, just it just, I don't know, tickled me. Yeah. There was, in fact, around like where it came from and it was a Bible reference of like, and so I didn't, I didn't go too deeply into it. But, That's fair. It makes um, sense. I do have another fact that I'll, we'll talk about now because it, we're talking about it. So um, apparently Abe's name has a rocky history of many iterations. Um, oh, not again. <laughs> so there's, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so they are um, in the art of Oddworld Inhabitants, which is like a book. It details apparently the surprisingly action-packed story of Abe's name and why Abe was chosen. It seems that like Abe was like suggested Abraham, and it had instant appeal, and everyone seemed to agree in the in the development studio. They like they loved the idea of this this poor schmuck being called Abe. That's um, good. It was a good name. Yeah, but the naming process had its ups and downs. He was called Abdomen, Abram Ver, Aben, Prohit, Aben. and Monkfish, were just some of the names Monkfish. Under, under the consideration. Um, but once they Gosh. decided it seemed perfect. However, they kind of decided on, on Abe and everyone was happy. However, one day, yeah. disaster struck. Word got round the studio that his name was going to be changed to Monkfish. <laughs> Why? Nobody knew. Was it for legal reasons? Did Lorne, it's like one of the uh, head people, go on a fishing trip? Why? Um, some of the f- female staffer- staffers cons- conspired to stop this atrocity. No way was he going to be called Monkfish. The word Abe was painted on and cut out of hundreds of pieces of paper. And then these little papers with the word Abe on were placed all over the office for Lorne to see. The men's bathroom, the kitchen, in Lorne's protein shake canister, his office under his mouse, his phone, his chair, and even his wallet. Um, Anywhere that Lorne would look, the word Abe will be staring back. Even messages were left on his voicemail that just were silently, Abe. Um, the gals felt triumphant everything they did to make sure that they saved their beloved Abe's name however the next day they found out that prior to the revolt Lorne had already decided to keep the name Abe destiny be thy master and finally the production staff had a name that they could drew and animated and brought to life um, and so Monkfish would die but now he's just been finding pieces of paper around he's his office he's probably still finding them to this day <laughs> just Abe this name it haunts me he's probably still getting answer phone messages just Abe Abe um, but I just really loved that there was a massive story around the name Abe because it's just yeah. it's a great name for him it really suits him it does it does I've always said I wanted a dog called Abe oh a really ugly dog yeah that's a great name for an ugly dog <laughs> no offence to Abe Abe is beautiful yeah but he is like really alieny, and he has his mouth sewn shut which is quite dark yeah we should talk about that mm. do you want to talk about that you can talk about uh, that yeah, so we mentioned this in a previous episode, but the stitches on his lips were given to him because he cried excessively after birth and they were measured to keep him quiet, which is very abusive and wrong. Yep. Um, but he keeps them apparently because they were given to him at such a young age before he was awake enough, conscious enough as a person to really understand why he had them. But it's something that he feels is a part of him so he doesn't want to snip it loose. Which, Abe, just do it. Like, yeah. it can't be practical. I don't know how you're eating or drinking. Yeah. Or kissing the most important thing <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta swoon those lovely madokan ladies and you're not yeah. able to do it with your mouth <laughs> sewn shut it's gonna make that very or, or gentlemen sorry or, or anyone i don't want to assume abe's sexual preferences this is true you know but madokan's gotta get on with what he what he wants 
So yeah. Abe, you you do whatever you got to do, mate. I I want to talk about Abe and his backstory a little bit, just because we were talking about Abe and just the fact that we meet him while he's a factory slave. Yes. Um, yes. Run by the Glunkens, bloody Glunkens, and I feel like he he's the best character because he sees something terrifying going on and instead of just escaping he rises up and causes like a massive revolt and like starts murdering everyone as he goes and, yeah you know rescues his fellow madokans shit really did hit the fan that's definitely how it felt yeah for sure i think i just i love abe because his psychic powers mm. are some of the best you know but I, just... yeah, and I think as well the fact that you you don't really fight or you don't use weapons, and I think that for me, like playing the game, was so cool because you had to do kind of things in a different way, and I liked that, like the whole sneaking around, jumping, telling people the other Madokans like where to go, what to do, and like yeah, I just I just generally enjoyed that whole thing. Yeah, the puzzles and stuff just always felt really really clever um, with this, but I also just really enjoyed like taking over someone and then either just running them off the side of yes the edge or having yeah. them shoot their their other people and then blow them up with my brain yeah. powers it's quite satisfying it was great this is yeah. the reason why we picked him this is yeah the best time yeah it is it's quite brutal i think his start to life and i think one great thing about him is the fact that you know he is a protagonist and he was a protagonist of the playstation era that is in one of the ways that like an unofficial mascot you know alongside yeah. like spyro and crash there was abe but the cool thing about abe was yeah the fact that he wasn't your typical looking guy he did look a bit odd he is some sort of alien and uh he's not you know some people say he's not exactly easy on the eye <laughs> but he's very lovable and he's very sweet and and he's lovely and he just he just helps his friends and he's just yeah he's just an all-around good guy but he just he may not look like everyone's typical protagonist yeah you know he doesn't look like lara croft or nathan drake but he's still our abe you know he is our abe but yeah like you go you bring a good point with like the era that he came out on everybody was really all the main all the main people of all the consoles were really cute and like these really friendly looking characters and then you have abe and old world was a real dark place it was actually quite creepy as a as a child playing this game but i weirdly wasn't scared of it and i think it's because abe was so um lovable as a character yeah like and he was kind of silly and all the farting and the stupid like giggling that he did like made it kind of a softened because it's, it's a really horrible story. Like, his people are getting mushed up into food. Um, and the first area that you're kind of trying to escape is quite creepy. It's at the factory with the smashy stuff. And it could be seen as quite scary, I think. It's actually incredibly scary. There's a lot of meat grinders. I guess yeah. that's the whole thing, isn't it? There's a lot of meat grinders. It's very bloody. Like, you do see Madokans getting grinded mm. into... Like, it is, it is horrendous. You're right. Like, it's it's nice to see this kind of nice character within that kind of mess yeah and i think that's what made it okay to for me to play when i was younger because i was just like oh actually but abe's funny i like abe he, he like yeah. he doesn't scare well, he me farts, so. right yeah they instantly feel better with a character that farts yeah and then does he burp i can't remember yeah uh, probably but um can you do an impression of abe actually um 
I, I haven't done what I really want to say. It's like, it's just the, like, follow me. <laughs> yeah, that's quite hey, good. Hey. And doesn't he do like that? Hello. Hello. <laughs> Wait. I love him. So good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Abe's great. As a, as a kid, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this guy farts. Yeah. That's all I want to do is just keep pressing the voice buttons. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy. And the like chanting noise. You just knew you were doing something fun <laughs> when you're just like, oh, oh. Yeah. Noises happen. It was a great time. I've already done one, like, what my other fact. I've only got one other one. Um, well, I've only got one fact and I don't know if you've got mine, but it's a journey if, if you haven't. Um, so Abe featured in a music video. I don't have this fact. Have I ever heard it? I'm, I'm strapping in. <laughs> so Abe featured in this music video for a song called Get Freaky, um, a song by a German dance band, music instructor, and also he appeared in another one called Use Your Imagination in 2002. And... It is the most 90s thing you'll ever see. Um, it's fucking weird. But everyone loved it, apparently. Like, on the comments, like, people are still, like, going ham for it. They're like, this is just a tune. And just apes just happens to just be there. Um, you should probably just look at it, really. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm on this. It is very early 2000s. I mean, I can just see it from the, from, like, the picture. Um, yeah, I've got to go through a Duracell commercial one second. It's just weirdly the the song name "Get Freaky" is just not what I would have just... um, put with Abe. But yeah, I really love that there's loads of Madokans everywhere, just dancing around. Everyone's just like, yeah, I love this song. This is the most nineties. Oh, and I then love he it. starts to sing as well. This him singing is not as as fun. I don't. It scares me slightly. Generally, like most people are just like, yeah, this is fucking great. I'm like, yeah, is it? Like uh, maybe if we discovered this when we were in 1998, we'd be into maybe. it. Yeah, the time has passed um, us. Anyway, that's my fact. <laughs> my one and only fact is I'm, that it was in a German dance music video. I love it. That's a good fact. My fact seems very. It's not going to compare. Um, <laughs> it's just that Abe remains completely bare foot throughout the game, regardless of terrain. His feet must just be, like, rock solid. Right? He's got pretty hefty little feet as well. Yeah. He's walking over all kinds of terrain, so... Grinders, he's got to get through, so... That man needs a pedicure. Mm-hmm. Someone get the man some shoes, goddammit. Yeah. He's been on a journey. He never wears shoes. I haven't played... Honestly, I've only ever played Abe's Odyssey. I don't know what he looks like in any other later games. Um, I think Exodus is very similar. It came out not that long after the original oh i'm glad we had a joint number one with abe that's a good one we've had, yeah. had a joint number one in a little while so it's nice to have a joint number one hmm. because it doesn't feel like you've sold on the other person's number one it kind of just feels like you can talk about it together so i'm not yeah. mad um, no good yeah. she's seething um <laughs> yeah cool well that's our list of top five alien characters it's a good time yeah i i like aliens me too and I didn't include any aliens that I've had relationships with. That's good. Um, I'd be concerned, considering one of yours is like an inch tall. Yeah. The other one um, is referred to as little boy. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Oh, God. Right, on that note. Um, yeah, let's end. 
let's end this here. Um, anyone that's made it this far, send it into the madness. Thank you. And uh, yeah, so if you want to listen to more episodes or just find out more about us, where would you go? You can go to gametill5.co.uk. Yeah, or you can follow us on Twitter or find our Discord on there as well. Um, it would also be lovely if you could give us a review or something, or don't. I don't really yeah. care. We love a review, and we do read them, so thank you. We'll also be having part two come out of our reading video game fan fiction. Nice. Because the first part came out, and we hope you all enjoyed that. It's a lot, and I appreciate if you even mm. listened to it in the first place. And uh, just let you know that the second part actually was never actually released to our Patreon, so it'll be, it'll be the first time you'll be hearing it will be wow. when it comes out because we just, we just never got around to, to releasing the, the second part. So oh. uh, before our Patreon died a death, before <laughs> we killed it, yeah. So look forward to that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.